You are Locked On Sooners, your daily Oklahoma Sooners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the 12th floor, 50-pin place in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, the home of News Radio 1000 KTOK and 1340 The Game. Welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Singh. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Coming up on this episode of Locked On Sooners, some breaking news. And by breaking, I mean leg. And I don't mean to make a joke about it, but Marcelia Sutton is going to miss the remainder of the season after sustaining a broken leg earlier in the week. That news coming out via 24-7. Got out around 2.30 this afternoon, and we'll discuss in segment number one what that means for the running game, just how much of an impact was Marcellia Sutton having this year and who ultimately replaces him in the return game. Also coming up in segment number one, we'll talk a lot about the Texas Tech offense, which is extremely dangerous as always. How does the OU defense adjust? This is pretty much the preview show. This is probably the show we should have done on Friday, but we're doing it now on Thursday. So we'll let Lincoln Riley talk about the OU run game in segment number one. Also, What is the difference between the Tech offense and every other offense in the Big 12 that happens to run the same style? And how confident is Riley that OU's defense, after seeing K-State one week, can now adjust and go out and play against Texas Tech and have the same kind of success? In segment number two, we'll talk about the Tech defense, which is awfully talented and one of the best in the Big 12. But how how are they compared to the rest of the country, and what are their numbers compared to OU's offensive numbers? Lincoln Riley thinks highly of the Tech defense, so we'll play some of that audio. And then finally, we will wrap things up today here on Locked On Sooners as we discuss axes to grind, okay? And what I'm what I'm talking about with that is the college football playoff selection committee. If you don't know, Joe Castiglione is on the committee. So is Frank Beamer, and because uh, Shane Beamer coaching at OU, and because Joe Castiglione is the athletic director here at OU, then they have to recuse themselves of any conversation about Oklahoma. But I think it's also very hard to take the human element out of it. So what would be the perfect committee? How would you build it? We'll talk about that in segment number three. My name is Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK. I'm the co-host of Game Day Saturday with Randy Renner, which can be heard on News Radio 1000 KTOK and 1340 The Game here in Oklahoma City, 5 a.m. on KTOK on Saturdays and 9 a.m. on 1340 on Saturdays and then again on the ONN Network Almost right up till 11 o'clock. We like to take you right up to those 11 o'clock kickoffs. It's 30 minutes. It can be heard on the iHeartRadio app. And thank you very much to listening to that. I've also covered OU for five years now. And I've been hosting Locked On Sooners for just a few months as it just launched as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is your team every day, the number one daily local podcast network. And you can get more of those podcasts at LockedOnPodcast.com. Marcellia Sutton out for the year, 24-7 sports, breaking that story today. Sutton's kickoff return duties will now go to TJ Pledger, most likely, and you also see the much bigger load being handled now by both Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon and TJ Pledger. I don't really look at this 
as that big a loss from a production standpoint, just looking at Sutton's um, yardage this year, Sutton had 29 carries for the entire season, uh, racked up 152 yards. Cat was was averaging five yards a carry, and in the return game, after having that bang-up year in 2017, where he had over uh, 400 yards in return yardage, this year only 14. Um, one return so far this entire season. So, uh, yes, you miss him. You miss him more than anything just because of the depth and the wear and tear that the other three guys are going to be putting on their body for the rest of the year. Uh, the good news is when OU goes to play in a bowl game or when and if they play in the college football playoff, you get enough time off that those guys should be well-rested. And one of the big keys to OU's success over the last few weeks has been that dominant run game, particularly from Kennedy Brooks. So I don't know how many people just from an aesthetic standpoint are going to miss Sutton. Actually, I don't think many people are going to miss Sutton from an aesthetic standpoint. But you get other guys start getting banged up, then you start realizing just how important a dude like Marcellius Sutton was to this run game. Anyway, Lincoln Riley earlier this week asked about the run game, its success, and how it is thus opened up the offense even more than at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it's helped. It's helped. Uh, just kind of playing better all the way around right now. Uh, line's playing better. Backs are getting comfortable. You know, confidence is growing. Um, uh, it's, it's made a big difference, no question. It's uh, Some of our efficiency the last couple of weeks can be directly attributed to that. So we'll, we'll need to do it again here You know, on this front's Done a nice job stopping the run. Very physical front, very experienced line linebacking group. Uh, so just like the defense is going to be challenged, our offense will be challenged as well. Damn right the defense is going to be challenged this week, despite the fact that OU happens to be a 13.5-point favorite, according to Vegas. And I really like siding with the guys from Vegas. I've got a friend who graduated Texas Tech. He works in radio. He's thinking because it's a night game that Tech's got a shot. I don't have that usual paranoia. However, in the blackout games, Tech has beaten five ranked teams, but I also think the last time OU and Tech played a blackout game was two years ago and OU won that despite how wild it was and the fact that neither team could play defense. But you've got a quarterback in Bowman who's already thrown for 2,400 yards this this season and wow that's yeah I don't know if we should be shocked by that it sounds like typical Texas Tech numbers to me and he's also got a bevy of receivers to throw to that are just huge and physical and everybody knows about Bowman who is the uh, 6'6 guy um, out of Las Vegas but also you've got a guy like TJ Vasher who's also 6'6 um, you've got your H-back Zach Austin, who's 5'11", and everybody else who's not 6'6", is either 6'3", or 5'11". So, yeah, big and physical, it's tough. It's going to be a really, as far as OU having to adjust to this game, they are going to be challenged. But ultimately, what I like about Oklahoma is the fact that Ruffin McNeil is in charge. Guys aren't having to think as much. They're reacting. They've been playing a little bit more physical. You've made enough changes defensively, personnel-wise, that seems to be helping. And essentially what Lincoln Riley is being asked and will not answer is, do you have more faith in Ruffin McNeil than you do Mike Stoops? I do. Lincoln Riley, he may not answer that question, but he certainly knows that Texas Tech 
does present some problems for this OU defense, but seems pretty confident that they can handle them. Yeah, I don't know. It's as simple as just stepping in. I mean, you know, the last couple of weeks we've had, you know, complete weeks leading up to the games. We prepared well for, you know, what we thought we would see. Um, what the, the, you know, focused on key areas that we knew would be important to have a chance to play well and to win those games. We've been able to do that. It's going to be a different challenge this week, uh, but it's also we got to have a complete week and go play a complete game. Are we capable of that? Absolutely. Uh, everybody talks about the big receivers and how you guys match up with them. Is there a part of you that wants to see that yourself and how you guys have improved? And, and also, what areas are you better at now to better combat what they do that you think you've seen the last couple of weeks? Well, I mean, I think anybody you play that's even decent at all on offense, you, you better play really good 11-man defense. If you don't, you know, people are good enough that they're, they're going to expose you. They're going to find your weaknesses, and they're going to – continue to go at them. So I do think the fact that we're playing just better as a whole right now is the is the is the biggest positive going into it. It's the biggest reason why we've played better in the last couple of weeks and we're going to need to obviously do it again here this week. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always excited to see our guys get challenged. Um, you know, that's uh, especially in, in great road environments like this. So should be a fun one. Uh, they, they've challenged everybody. We know we'll get their best. And get some pressure on the quarterback. That would be nice this week. Just make sure that Bowman is under duress. He's a freshman. He's not really playing like a freshman. Big surprise there. It seems like everybody that comes into that system picks up on it real quick. But if you can put him under duress, maybe he can make some bad decisions. And as far as that tech offense goes, again, advantage because you've seen it every single week. But there are subtle differences between tech and Oklahoma Tech in Oklahoma State and all the other guys that run the spread in the Big 12. And here's what Lincoln Riley had to say about Tech's offenses versus some of the others you see on a week to week basis. Yeah, I mean, they, they've majored in it for a long time. You know, so there's a long history there, both the staff, all the players. I mean, that's that's all they ever that's all they've ever known. That's all they've ever done. Um, I think there's an expectation that level there to be very good offensively. I think that's something that was established a long time ago, you know, that is, has carried through. Uh, you know, and Cliff's one of the best ones out there. He's got a tremendous staff, several of those guys that, that uh, you know, had a chance to either play with or work with in the past. So he's got a great staff around him. They do a great job game planning. I mean, they, you know, a lot of things that they do well is, is you know, what we try to do well here. Sure. Yeah, no, there's, there's a big difference schematically. I mean, obviously probably as big a difference as, as you'll see in this league from one team to the next. Um, but at, at the same time, you know, Kansas State does a lot of things that put you in tough positions schematically. These guys do the same thing. They just do it a little bit differently. And so no doubt we're going to have to be able to adjust to the, you know, the pace and tempo these guys can play with. Uh, obviously how well they've thrown the ball all year. And, and again, they've been very efficient running it as well. So. Uh, you know, they've moved the ball on anybody and everybody, you know, and, and, and you know, with a mind like Cliffs and the rest of that staff, you're going to get challenged all the way around. So uh, it will be a challenge. Uh, we kind of know we're going to get challenged every single week in this league, but I think our, our guys will be excited for the opportunity. Now, I say this every year when OU plays Texas Tech, but simply it may come down to Oklahoma just being able to get maybe two or three stops throughout the game because – we know Tech's defense, even as good as it is, 
present some major challenges for OU. And there, there, there is your key word for uh, this podcast today, challenges. But we know Tech's defense, as good as they are, is going to have some struggles with OU because of how quickly OU is able to score. And speaking of that Tech defense, why don't we talk about them next? What is OU facing when they go down to Lubbock on the offensive side of the ball? Looking at Tech's defense, we get into that next here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily Oklahoma Sooners podcast. We have a new episode of Locked On Thunder out now as well, part of the Locked On Podcast Network at LockedOnThunder.com or LockedOnPodcast.com. We did two podcasts, or actually, what was it, four podcasts in the last two days. We didn't plan it out that way. Uh, actually, it was ill planning that led to that, but uh, it's say it's still five podcasts a week, so it's still technically your team every day. And if you want to hear about your team every day, and it's not the Oklahoma Sooners or the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, one, I do thank you for listening to both those podcasts, but you can get more at LockedOnPodcast.com. That's LockedOnPodcast.com, and all the Locked On Podcasts are there. NFL, college, Major League Baseball, we've got it all. And uh, definitely the NBA, because that's how we started. That's our bread and butter. But it's LockedOnPodcast.com. What is OU facing in the Texas Tech defense this week? Well, Tech is actually the second-best defense in the Big 12 this week. And through the first half of the Big 12, they've only allowed 129 points, which for this conference, not bad at all. They're allowing their opponents to score about 74% of the time in the red zone, and they can force turnovers, especially in the red zone. They force three turnovers in the past three weeks. So yeah, they do scare me a little bit, um, especially when you consider the fact that Tech had been for years just god-awful on offense. However, against Oklahoma, you're facing an offense that averages about 580 yards per game, uh, an, an offense that doesn't need to use many plays at all to score, an offense that field position means absolutely nothing to and I dare say look at Tech's schedule they haven't played anyone this good all year long 10 Tech has already lost three games it's a night game Tech is tough they will be physical they want to go out and make a statement the defense is good but ultimately you've got to give the edge to the OU offense in this because there has yet to be a defense this entire season that proves or has proven that they can shut OU down. And I don't expect Texas Tech to be the first. However, Lincoln Riley is the first to point out that the Texas defense has improved from what we've seen in the past. You know, defensively, they've made a big jump. Uh, there's no question when you turn on the film, uh, this group is playing well together. The thing that, that you see is 
it's a lot of the same names and same people that we've been playing against now for two or three years, and these guys have gotten better. Uh, they're they're very very physical defense. They're playing well together. A um, lot of experience, especially on the back end and in the linebacking core. You know, I think uh, Dakota Allen really stands out on tape. I think he's certainly one of the top linebackers in this league and in the country, without without a doubt. Um, safeties are very very good players. Um, so. Uh, David Gibbs has done a nice job with that group. They're, they're, they have really taken some big steps forward, and I think you know a big part of the reason that team's off to a good start. So uh, we know the challenge it's getting ready to be. It's going to be a lot of fun down there, uh, hostile environment, uh, just like we like it. Uh, so can't wait to have a great week and get down there and play. Um, tech, tech is always such a weird proposition, especially at night. But you get the feeling that this OU team isn't really going to be shocked by anything they see on Saturday, either offensively or defensively. And it helps to have Lincoln Riley in charge. It was one thing to go down there as offensive coordinator with Baker Mayfield as your quarterback and have your guys fired up to go and ready to go out and perform for you. And it it worked. It worked for half the ball or half the side of the ball. It didn't work for the other half. Mike Stoops did not have his guys playing inspired defense. And, I will never forget that night as long as I live, being down in Lubbock, because one, it was the night that the Cubs ended up going to the World Series, and two, I just will always remember Mike Stoops coming into that media room, that locker room, that shed, essentially, that they had us in in Lubbock. It's this very small area when you go up that ramp on that side of the stadium, the visitor's sideline of the stadium, which is the east side of the stadium. You go up that ramp, you make a sharp right turn, and then you're hitting down this hallway, and you make another, like an immediate right, and you're in that locker room or in that media room, and it's just real small. And Mike Stoops coming in saying it was unacceptable. OU was going to have to turn things around, and unfortunately for Mike, it didn't. Uh, the other thing with Ruffin McNeil being being a coach and having a shot at getting that Texas Tech job and not getting that Texas Tech job, he will have his guys fired up on Saturday night. I expect a very emotional Oklahoma team. Yes, Texas Week is different, but Tech Week is also very special with so many different connections. And I look for the Sooners not only to come out on fire and put up a big emotional performance, but ultimately, I expect OU to win this game pretty darn convincingly. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, how would you go about creating the perfect college football play, uh, college football playoff selection committee? I'll tell you next. This is Locked On Sooners. Your team every day. You're listening to Locked On Sooners. I am Eric G. Thank you for supporting the Locked On Podcast Network. Get more podcasts at LockedOnPodcast.com. That is LockedOnPodcast.com. And Locked On Thunder can be found at the LockedOnThunder.com. Yes, it's LockedOnThunder.com, the LockedOnThunder.com website. We also have video and audio from players and coaches, and we've got a couple of new episodes of Locked On Thunder out now. Uh, for your enjoyment as well as this episode of the Locked On Sooners podcast. Joe Castiglione, if you don't know, is on the college football playoff selection committee. But by rules, Joe technically can't help OU. And neither can Frank Beamer, who is on the 
who was on the selection committee himself because his son coaches at OU. So any any conversation that has to do with Oklahoma, those guys have to leave the room. They cannot be a part of it because the feeling is, and rightly so, that they're going to be biased towards OU and they're ultimately going to want to see OU in the playoffs for their own personal reasons versus more than it just being for the college football playoff. Even though Oklahoma's a draw, it's still a situation where you don't want the cosmetics looking like those two helped OU get in when it came down to a tough decision between, say, OU and Michigan or OU and Notre Dame. And there's no way, I don't care how often you do this, there's no way to completely take that human element out of it. Um, Whether it's conference loyalty, team loyalty, whatever the, the case is, you, you, you can't expect humans to be robots. And, and the answer to that is always computers. Well, why don't we just let computers decide? Well, okay, put in a bunch of raw numbers. And yes, the computers will be able to spit out the four most deserving teams or the four best teams in college football. But what the computer spits out, just based on raw numbers, won't be what you have seen on the field week in, week out. It won't be with film and Computers don't ever have a feel for how a game went or how weird it got. Um, I don't necessarily think that you need to be someone who played college football to be on that selection committee and do a good job. I don't necessarily think you need to be someone who has grown up around football your entire life. It, it, It helps. You don't have to watch film every week. Your eyes can tell you if a team is good or a team isn't. And with enough data, meaning film from weeks and weeks, you should be able to come to a conclusion of four teams. That being said, most people still have these problems with the committee because the committee is going to be, A, under pressure, not only to make money, but also to serve way too many masters. So how do you go about making a special committee? Well, my answer is always just make it a bunch of media dudes. You throw a bunch of media dudes in there. You feed, you don't think media guys... Media guys will take a free meal, so you don't have to spend all that money on a meal. Plus, they would they just love the pomp and the circumstance of being able to select something and, and, and playing that, that role of Mr. Know-it-all. We love that. I myself included on this. We all love to have that sort of cachet. That being said, the media will screw up, and the media will select four teams that not all coaches are happy about and not all players are happy about. The bottom line is you can't have a perfect committee. And college football every year is never going to have a perfect Final Four. There will always be a question about whether or not certain teams deserve to get in over others. That That is just the way that it is set up. That is how, And that's how college football wants it set up because we can have discussions like this. We can have discussions about who deserves to go in, who doesn't deserve to go in. Ohio State being a great example of that. There's a lot of people that thought when they won the first ever college football playoff that that team should not have been in. And I don't have a problem with that argument at all. It was a very valid argument. I'm sure TCU and Baylor still think Ohio State did not deserve to get into the college football playoff that particular year. But I... What we want, what we don't want, is just ultimately robots and computers telling us who the best four teams are because they don't see it. 
And I think more than what we want, I, I think more than what we want, which is everyone will tell you they want the four best teams or they want to know who the best team is in college football. What we want more than that is the conversation about who's best. And ultimately, we want our opinion to matter. That's what we're really looking for as a college football fan base. And if I'm wrong, you can tell me at Locked On Sooners. Uh, just tweet me at Locked On Sooners. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. I'm Eric G. Uh, I had planned to talk about Kyler Murray and what is the ultimate judge of a quarterback since we didn't get to that today. We get to that tomorrow here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. And until tomorrow, everybody love everybody and peace, love, and boomer soon. You are Locked On Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.